If you'd like to support the show, please rate us five stars, check out our merch store, or go to patreon.com slash what's my thesis to become a patron. All links in the description. <laughs> All right. Welcome to What's My Thesis. I'm your host, Javier Proenza. Every week, my guests and I share the answers we found to the questions we have. Join us as we explore and expand our worldview and ask, what's my thesis? And today, my guest is Nikki Ochoa. Uh, we know each other via Instagram. Uh, I, I didn't want... I, the first question that comes to mind is, do you know Abby Martin personally? Or... Are you are you are you guys just Instagram friends? Because when I saw that you, I I don't know when I realized that she was following you. I was like, holy shit, <laughs> she's like a serious journalist, yo, and she's an artist too. So, do, are you guys like uh, homies, or is or did she just like your vibe? Because you do also have a very engaging uh, Instagram presence. Well, thank you. Um, it's actually kind of funny, Abby. Okay, I met. Mike at a party and okay. it was like Gemini season like three years ago or something and at that birthday party Mike invited me to his birthday party where I met Abby and then the rest of them and I actually didn't know of their work um mm -hmm. until afterward people were like oh my god like you know and then I saw the video his like speech stuff like that so I really just met them through partying in LA. Nice. Yeah. Okay. So that's interesting. But it, I mean, it also seems like you guys, you have a similar sort of, uh, world outlook, right? Like it's mm -hmm. not like you're, you're not pro imperialism, right? No, <laughs> I think that's, that's probably why we got along at these parties anyway, just like talking. And at the, at the time, I think it was like the rise of like limes and bird scooters so Mike and I started talking about that and then mm. just continuing. I honestly don't remember what we were talking about at his birthday party, but I do know <laughs> that <laughs> we were into some serious conversations very late into the night. Crazy. Well, he's a big oh. activist. He's a former um, soldier. I think he was, I forget what war it was. And she is a badass journalist. So anyway, I'm just really impressed with her work and it really excited that I know she's kind of like a dream guest because she's an artist as well. So uh -huh. <laughs> I'm like, I, I was like very uh, impressed just because like, sh I think very highly of her. So it's just, uh -huh. Instagram's a funny thing. It is. Anyway, uh -huh. let's talk about you a little bit. You are an artist, right? And uh, I see that you travel a lot, which is kind of dope. You don't live a van life. You, I think you also have a place, right? I do, yeah. I just moved to downtown Los Angeles. Okay. And what, like, do you travel as an artist? In what capacity? Do you uh, wear other hats as well? Um, yeah, I travel. I travel as an artist. I travel. I recently was in Atlanta, and we had a show. Um, that was really great. And I, I think a lot of times... I'm traveling for pleasure and I just happen to um, have a lot of friends, <laughs> thankfully. <laughs> and we'll say, okay, what can we do here? Like what's happening? And recently it came together really well in Atlanta, but that's kind of, that's kind of where I'm coming You're from. You're traveling with friends or you have a lot of friends across the country? Both, both. Yeah. Okay. How did you mm -hmm. meet so many people? Did you grow up here in California, LA? I grew up in Atlanta. Okay. Um, until I was like 11 and then I moved to Los Angeles and, and go ahead. Oh yeah. And I've, I've lived in Los Angeles since I was like 11 years old. My so, family is here. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Do you, but you still have some level of roots in Atlanta, obviously. Yes. And it's, it's interesting cause it's like people that 
I've known since I was in kindergarten, but haven't <laughs> like kept in contact with really, except like through Instagram. And then we see each other, like, you know, we like what each other's doing or putting out there and we'll connect. And then I meet mm. their friends and it's, it, it is nice. Wow. Um, yeah, I don't have necessarily anybody that I went to kindergarten with. So that's, that's a pretty mind blowing kind of like relationship. I've always been sort of envious of that sort of idea of people that grew up each other and around each other. Although maybe is it ever burdensome when people know you too well or know you at a phase and you like, and they talk to a certain, like you're a certain person. Does that ever get weird or no? Oh, definitely. Well, I think I had a level of being removed from that because I did like leave the people that I grew up with in kindergarten when I was 11. So I had Mm. this nostalgia to reconnect probably more than anyone else who like saw these people throughout high school would have felt. But um, to me, it's like this mysterious magical thing because I really hadn't seen them for like years and years and years until I was an adult. But um it is interesting too because it's more so that people I thought I would be friends with forever who have become like homophobic or just like, you know, we've definitely grown apart. And is that you bring up homophobia, are you queer? Is that or you just don't jibe with people that are homophobic or both? Both. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Okay>. both. <laughs> I mean that's fair. I like mm-hmm. I I don't I I don't really think I hang out with anybody that definitely nobody that openly expresses homophobia. So I can understand yeah. that sentiment either way. But it's interesting to I don't know. I do feel like I do hang out with some people that are like maybe unaware that they're racist. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, or, I mm-hmm. go ahead. Oh. I have, I had a like very specific experience when I went to Georgia, like in 2019 with homophobia, like my old, old friend, um, I was staying with her for a wedding Mm -hmm. and the first thing she told me was that, you know, she thought gay people go to hell or something. And it was just like, so mind blowing to me. First of all, I was like, what are you even saying? And then Also, I'm supposed to be staying with you for the next like four nights. And I tried to make it work, but it was just like, that was just like the beginning and it just went downhill from there. So I had to like. It was a symptom of bigger issues of like uh, (laughs) someone being maybe a hateful person. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That that was just like one part of it. I mean, yeah, (laughs) it just got worse and worse. But that, I mean, it definitely tipped me off. I also think it's funny when you go back to like, a place that you grew up in and you start to see people that you haven't seen in a long time and like it, it relationships evolve and people grow up into each other into like a sense of being and it was always funny to me who ended up being like kind of the nerdy kids as they grew older that were like when we were kids we were just kids right mm-hmm. <laughs> but as mm-hmm. they grew up like maybe they got they were still friends with everybody but they were like maybe a not included in the same way that they were when, when we used to be kids. And then I remember in the U.S. that was like definitely a thing where I knew people that were like, yeah, that guy used to be alternative and now he's like heavy into, you know, like in Miami there was booty bass. <laughs> so he was like, there, what? Was, there was booty bass music. Like it's, you know, like, oh. yeah, so we used to call those guys uh, bassers. And so, like, people would just change their genre, change up their genre, or, or, like, their style, and hang out with a completely different crew of people. It's funny like that. But, Mm -hmm. you know, to move away from the homophobia. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But, like, (laughs) and maybe back more into the nostalgia. Um, Well, cool. Did you have a topic that you wanted to talk today? Or do you want to just shoot the shit? Yeah, I don't really have a topic you don't really have a topic? Okay. No. Well, like what kind of stuff are you – usually the topic is to kind of gauge interests and stuff. So, I mean, hmm. what what are you really into? Like what – and it doesn't ha- – I think that like maybe, you know, like it could be something like uh, Fast and the Furious. I'm not telling you to pick something on the fly, but I, I'm more interested in like whatever weird sort of like interest you have that maybe informs your art practice 
in the sense of like how the interests overlap or the way you engage with it overlaps, but maybe is not necessarily like, you know, are what, let's talk about your work a little bit and then maybe see if I can pick up something there. Okay. Yeah, actually, I actually do have something that, um, definitely like motivates my art practice and just like the -hmm. way that I live in general. Um, and, and it's interesting too, because today is the anniversary of the day that my cousin died by suicide. He's a victim Mm -hmm. to suicide. So that, I have been thinking of all day and it's actually something that's really informed my art since. Um, I made this large sculpture in the Mojave desert. That's um, based off of this sculpture installation called the wind phone that a Japanese artist who lost his cousin in a tsunami made. And Basically, it was just a place for people to go, and there's a phone. It's a phone booth in his garden, and they can talk on the phone with, like, anyone in the spirit realm or who's gone. So it was based off that idea, and I created this, like, gazebo. We built it, like, some friends and I. It's 10 feet tall in the Mojave, and it's, like, this permanent structure that anyone can go to, and it's um, been opened we, we opened it with like a series of movements and with some trinkets that like hold sentimental value. So movements uh, for the art layman is like basically like you guys were doing performance work around it to it, sort of activate it. Yeah. So I have, okay. it was very simple, like eight counts. I have one friend who does choreography um, and she helped us just like, she just taught everyone there, like just simple movements that, you know, I don't have like a background in dance or anything. And I've really, my eyes have been opening to like what dance is and choreography is, but just like, you know, something that just kind of opens your body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so is that, Oh, (laughs) so is that, uh, Are you, what, what's the interest, I guess, the I'm trying to codify, or I'm trying to like connect, I mean, I, it's obviously there, but I want to get like a better, like I want to have a more explicit understanding of what you're pursuing in terms of like your, because obviously maybe it's not therapy, right? Because that is a little bit much, but obviously there's a way of thinking about it that is showing up in the work, right? So Mm -hmm. you're thinking about communicating with someone that's not, uh, there, are you, are you a believer in spirits and ghosts and stuff? Or is it more of like, uh, speaking into the void kind of like venting sort of, uh, feeling like you wanted to connect? Yeah, it's, I think it's, it's more literal. Um, not really just like screaming into the void or anything, but creating, a connection with your ancestors who can be, you know, it doesn't have to be someone who preceded you, but any kind of spirit that you feel familial with or that inspires you. Um, and basically linking like the physical reality or like what we take as this is this, I'm driving on the freeway, la la la, our daily lives mm. with something grander, like a spirit, a spiritual world. And it as just like, being more in touch with our own spirituality or metaphysical kind of understandings. So explain your metaphysical understanding a little bit to me. Cause I, I find all this stuff interesting. I, it's, I definitely think it's like, it's, I, I think it's funny when people are like, um, like, uh, evangelical atheists, right. You know, uh-huh. <laughs> because, I think this is such a human uh, area of, like, contemplation, right? Because we're all going to die eventually, uh, right? And um, we all have to kind of come to terms with that shit in some level and maybe try to find a little bit of meaning. So uh, you do you actually – so you believe – have you ever had, like, ghost experiences straight up like that? Are we talking – like, I don't – 
I'm more interested in ghost hunting and shit like that. So that's why I'm making it about that. I don't mean to like condescend <laughs> at all. Um, <laughs> Sorry, my but, mm-hmm. but do you, do you like, is that how you think of uh, the spirit realm? Um, I don't really or, think of it as ghosts, but okay. I think there are spirits like, like when I moved into the place I live downtown, there is definitely like this pesky kind of poltergeist happening there. But um, the, my understanding broadly, I, I've used this metaphor since I was like in high school, but basically, okay, imagine a woman who's pregnant, okay, or a person who's pregnant, and they have this life inside of their body. And mm-hmm the embryo just catches glimpses, like small, like whispers of the outside world. So say someone's singing, they can hear it, but I'm sure it's like through the walls of their like parent's body. And they have an understanding of the world they're about to be born into, but it's not quite clear, right? Mm -hmm. It's a different experience. Then you're born and you emerge into this world that you've only caught glimmers of before. And I think the same thing happens when you die. So we're living now and maybe like everyone has stories of like these little things that have happened that they can't quite explain or um, feelings they get. And I think that that's the same kind of thing as what happens like in the embryo. You have like a very, uh, like a not diluted because it's not really negative, but you have, a sense of this outside world, this other realm. And then when you die, you're birthed into it and things become more clear, the spiritual. No. Yeah. What do you think happens before you're born? Um, I think that it's Is probably, it like probably. Okay. What? No, what? <laughs> I, w- I was, I, I, I got, have a bad habit of like answering the question that I ask. So I, I what's your answer? And then I'll tell oh. you. Mine. <laughs> um, I think that it, it's a similar space being where you are before you're born and where you go after this okay. life or whatever. It's this kind of this like cosmic possibility realm. Do you, th- have you thought more about how then these, so like then essentially we're talking about something breaking through a veil, right? Like when we have these mm-hmm. like ghost like experiences uh, that uh-huh. was like jazz hands, <laughs> but intended as quotation marks. <laughs> uh, the the um, so 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 then what do you how do you feel about that? Because there's there's actually some talk about that which I think is interesting. But and what I was going to suggest is that it, 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 what I my answer that I interrupted you with uh, and apologize is the uh, is the idea of reincarnation, which essentially is sort of like. Um, what you were saying, but I like the way you said it better rather than the way I was going to say it. <laughs> but, um, so like, what do you think of that then? What do you think of, uh, like, or, or maybe like, can you describe a little bit of this poltergeist experience? Cause those are fun. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> reincarnation, I mean, I think if you, if you need to, or if you want to, you can uh-huh. come back. Um, and I have, I have feelings like that family members of mine will come back as a child of my sister or mine. Um, mm-hmm. You know, not completely, but like essences, parts of them, or maybe, compl- I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> but this poltergeist that was in my apartment, um, I had some friends. This is getting, this is a little not PG or whatever, but, um, is that fine? I don't know where this is going. (laughs) So, I mean, just, just a little, like my friends were hooking up. Like when I first moved in there, I wasn't sleeping there yet. So I would leave at night. Um, because it's kind of like on the edge of downtown and it was a little spooky living there by myself at first. So whatever, but I would totally understand that. Yeah. Yeah. So, Two of my friends were like hooking up, whatever, and I was like, okay, bye, I'll see you guys later, like, have fun, whatever. And they told me that like some clothing had come off at one part of the like space, and the next 
you know, I don't know what an hour later or something, they found that particular piece of clothing in a totally different spot. Mm. Like, and they were like, Oh my God, you have like a horny ghost in your (laughs) apartment building. And I was like, what? And, but I had felt it too. I had felt like a strange energy and like, I would be there by myself and things would fall. And then I'd go and look at where it sounded like it fell and nothing would be, nothing had fallen. Um, and then like other people in the building had also told me that the energy was strange in that apartment before I moved in and that they felt it had definitely changed and that someone else moved in and they were like, do you think this place is haunted because weird stuff is happening? And I was like, oh yeah, this place is like, it is like, here's some sage. Um, (laughs) and it's, it, I think the building was like, it's like a hundred years old. It was like built in like, you know, 1920 something. And I think there's just like casual energies that, that exist there. And apparently the person who had lived there before me had a really hard time. Like their mother had just died and they were not doing so hot. And so it was definitely like there was an energy there. Mm-hmm. And that's really interesting. Is there like a specific part of the house that, or of the apartment that, uh, you experience weirdness in? Um, or is it just, please tell me it's not the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, no, it was kind of the whole place, but I saved all of it except for the, the top. It's a loft. So, okay. um, and the loft, I didn't stage at first. And so whenever I would walk past the ladder, it would creak in this weird way until I finally like gathered enough courage and just saged the whole place. And it really did change after that, but. So you were, you were afraid to go in the loft? Is that, that's why you weren't sleeping upstairs there as well? It was, or? um, kind of, yeah. Okay. No, that's yeah. fair. Dude, spaces can be weird. Uh, if there's anything that you learn from like, just like live, uh, you know, I don't know if you've ever gotten to go to like one of the places in Europe that has like, uh, buildings as propaganda where it's like you know, like fascist architecture and whatnot and all these different things that are based on classical architecture, which is based on inspiring awe because it's all based on stacking people. But spaces Mm. are definitely have weird energies for sure, you know, and Mm -hmm. there's they they can make you feel a certain way. Uh, But that's cool. I'm glad that the sage made the problem go away because that shit is is scary as fuck. Uh, Like, I, (laughs) you know, like the idea of, I've, I've been in places where, uh, you know, there's hallways that make you feel very uncomfortable, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you're, it, but like, that's, it's a weird experience because then you feel like you're safe in this room, <laughs> but like, you're still kind of a prisoner, right? It, it was a, there was a hallway and then there was a room here, a room here, oh. and then a room on this way and then a bathroom, right at this person's house and then at my my brother's house there was also a hallway hallways tend to have that weird kind of vibe where like Mm -hmm. uh, but I remember my mom telling me a story of like how they would lived in a place where it where I forget the details so I don't want to elaborate too much and embellish the story but basically my brother just being like susto susto like about how he was scared of like like over there that shit's scary <laughs> you uh-huh. know uh-huh. And so i don't know i think it's interesting i think there's definitely the possibility that which kind of is not an argument against what you're saying it fits what you're saying a little bit is like sort of the there's the idea of trans-dimensional beings right where and, and uh where like you're interacting with these things that you can't really your brain can't fully process so it glitches out or it, inter- it fills in the gaps as you're experiencing this thing. And, uh, and that's pretty interesting because I definitely, like, I don't know. I mean, I know there's a lot of, like, charlatans in history in terms of, like, uh, are you in L.A. right now? Yeah, do you hear, like, actually. No, I just, I just noticed that it's dark. <laughs> oh, yeah. Where are you? I'm in LA too. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah I'm I, in LA. I just, I just, it just confirmed my my assumption that you were in LA, but mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, the the idea that you're experiencing these like beings that are trying to maybe communicate with you, 
that can't fully do it. Um, I'm not as, I'm a little, I think that that's a little bit more in the realm of like, uh, what's it called? Um, aliens and UFOs, right? Where there's, yeah. there, that's, that's sort of this guy, Jay Allen Hynek. But I think it could also easily apply to, to like these weirdly spiritual and sort of intense, like scary things. Have you, uh, so not to get like too dark, but I also had a friend who, uh, who uh, committed suicide. So I don't want to also, I, I don't want to like shy away from that mm-hmm. entirely. Mm-hmm. But uh, the, the, she shot herself like on New Year's Day, which is mm-hmm. a weird uh, anniversary for it. But it's also, I'm sure, a very common one. Um, mm-hmm. But so like how long ago did this happen? Two years ago today. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's just horrible. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's pretty recent uh, too. So I can definitely understand how weird that shit makes you feel. Uh, what was it? Go ahead. Say what you were going to say. Oh, um, just that, like, basically it's like the worst thing, right? For me and my family and just horrible, like tragedy, bad, 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 bad. And, um, basically like transforming that energy is what, motivates me and my work um because it's like well my my cousin was 18 years old and wanted to be a filmmaker big dream was to live in los angeles i had you know visions of us like what you know once he was 18 or like could live anywhere uh showing him around la showing him what i know making work with him and all of this kind of stuff so and we connected really well. He was the other like artist in the family. But anyway, what I think now is just that, you know, honoring him and living as well as I can to mm-hmm. make art. And, and at the, like at the end of the day, like nothing really matters <laughs> that like I probably think of or that stresses me out or, oh, I wish I was here. What I should be doing this. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, it's kind of like this freedom in a way. And also this motivation. What's, yeah. what's, sorry. What's the freedom? The freedom is that there's this kind of like irreverence that comes from that. Like if someone like is victim to suicide it's just like over. So I don't, I don't know exactly. It's just like this, this zero negative space. And then like, well, that could happen or like on the flip side, just like anything could happen. Mm-hmm. Kind of how I see it. I don't know. I'm talking. In no, I get, it sounds but, like you, it, it's sort of like a worst case scenario. Uh, but I think it is, I think what you're saying makes sense to me. I don't know if I can, um, Verbalize it because I think it is a it's it's a difficult thing, but mm-hmm. I I definitely understand especially the idea of their apps just there's there's absence now right like mm-hmm. because <clears throat> it's like kind of abrupt and catches you off guard and and, and but I was actually thinking about it I think even today while I was at work uh, just sort of the idea that like there's this sort of tendency for us to think of ourselves in the moment, even though we don't, we aren't in the moment in the moment with all of like the baggage. Right. And I get what you're saying in the sense that like, to me, all of her bullshit doesn't fucking matter. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I knew her a a long time and she was a very close friend of mine. And to the point where like we would irritate each other because we would try to call each other on each other's bullshit and shit like that. But it was, um, it's like, to me, none of that shit matters in the long run, right? Like, that's not what I remember. And that's not what her life amounted to. Mm-hmm. So I get the idea of like, I get the idea of how that is sort of like a little bit of a release in terms of, um, I see the, I see what you mean about freedom. 
Right. Yeah. And it's, it's like freedom too, because it's like, wow, this like horrible thing has happened and it's like great, huge tragedy, but I've experienced it. I've lived, we're continuing to live and it's almost like I'm not afraid, you know, because yeah. like going through such pain and like it, it puts things in perspective. It's like, you know, if something happens and you're like, well, did anyone die? Like, no, we're fine. We're, and if someone does die, then um, somehow my family is continuing and like so many people do. No. So, yeah. Um, I, do you mind me asking how old you are? Oh yeah, I'm 28. You're 28. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's interesting. Do you feel like you've been more? You, you, were you traveling this much before? Is this part of like that, or were you were you always like that? I was always like that. I was always like that because let me see what happened. Yeah, I just always really wanted to travel, and you know ever since I graduated high school, but I didn't necessarily have money to do it. So I would do woofing. Um, woofing is where you, it's, it's like a website you pay like $30 or I don't know what, but anyway, it gives you a catalog of like organic farms all over the world that have set up this situation where you volunteer your time and work on the farm. And then they give you food and a place to stay. So, Mm you have like kind of a purpose to travel and like means to survive there. Sometimes it's weird. <laughs> so I've had some weird experience. I definitely want to, uh, okay, finish what you were saying. And then I, let's, yeah. go, let's put a pin <laughs> in that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But, but it's a great, it's a great way. And you know, just to like travel on like a kind of punk budget. And so anyway, I would do that. And then I traveled to Europe. I made a stop motion that got into some Italian film festivals and my grandmother was really proud of me and paid for my ticket to go to Italy. And then from there, I was just like, wow, <laughs> the world is insane and huge. And I worked Where as a Italy? substitute teacher. Um, I went to start, well, I went to um, up North Lake Orta. And then okay. I, it's like by the border. What is it? Like the Switzerland? Yeah. And then I also went to Sardinia, which they don't um, like to be called Italy, but it's an island off the coast of Italy, Sardinia. And it's like technically Italy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Wait, what did you say? I said that (laughs) that's Italy. They They don't want to be be occupied by Italy. Like they're really, um, I think it's like one of the places where people live the longest and they're like, it's like gorgeous, clear water and, Anyway, so they have that whole thing happening. But yeah, I worked as a substitute teacher and I would just use that money to travel. And it was great because I could set my own schedule. So I had the ability to just like take off. I just set up myself to have a little bit more. uh, I have one more day of work from home. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to start taking like vacation days and like, because I basically have four days off even though I'm working from home, I like four days that I can travel and work mm. and then come. I just need a fucking laptop. <laughs> oh yeah. That's the only thing I'm missing. Although I could travel with, uh, with the monitor, it would be tedious, but yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that's interesting. So can you, t- so, uh, like, that's really cool. I think that there's definitely something, there's a couple of things that, uh, I feel like I'm learning about you that are interesting, which is that you are sort of like, uh, I mean, a free spirit is kind of a weird word because I don't hmm. even know what that means anymore. It might have been canceled as well, but <laughs> no, know, why? Oh, uh, I don't know. I think maybe it was like a passive aggressive way of calling someone a slut. So a free <laughs> back, spirit, really? Yeah, have- <laughs> like she was a free spirit. That sounds a little bit like boomers may have misused that and not called. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I don't. I uh, anyway. But it seems like you you were you, you like uh, you, ironically very Italian lifestyle of like 
work to live, not live to work, which is very, which mm-hmm. I can definitely get behind, which I think is the vibe I get from following your Instagram, which is why I wanted you on the show. Cause I'm like, damn, I, I want to I figure out how, you, how that's working for how you're making that happen, you know? So that's really interesting. The, is that called agrotourism or is agrotourism a separate thing? I don't know. You don't, okay. Then no. it's probably not. Because uh, we did agrotourism when I was a kid, but mm-hmm. I, we didn't have to work. We just got to stay at farms, which I think is maybe a different thing. But mm-hmm. um, so do you – but do you like – I would say that also my friend Julie was a free spirit. Do you have like down times? Do you, do you have to like pull yourself up sometimes uh, in terms – or are you m- mostly a sunny person? Because I can't tell. I, I you're very you, you I, I I just can't. Like you're very sweet and and very nice and pleasant, but and obviously people don't lead with their darkness. But I, <laughs> but since we're talking about suicide and it's mm. usually uh, you know somewhat related to like uh, uh, physical chemistry, which is genetic. I'm mm-hmm. wondering, do you have like uh, moments of like despair? <laughs> I guess is the best way. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, I definitely have moments of despair. Um, okay. I would consider myself someone who is like aligns with, you know, this like awe-inspired feeling of like of for life. I uh, am, I am excited and passionate, and I feel like I've always been energized by life. Um, as a child too, I, I remember being a kid and being like amazed, but, um, I definitely do have, you know, downtimes or, or times when I'm like, I should be productive and why am I being so lazy? I'm just looking at my phone or like, you know, staying up really late, but, but, you know, I'm having fun or whatever, but, um, but that, has that ever lasted for like months at a time where you just can't get out of bed kind of thing? Yeah. So my, I think one of my biggest uh, vices is like romance. And for, for like a decade of my life, even longer, actually, I was in these really long relationships and I didn't like, this is the last like couple years is the first time I've been single in so long. And maybe that's why that's like how I've been growing and traveling doing whatever the hell I want because I finally haven't had like super serious relationship happening. And these super serious relationships were often with like controlling people. So Mm -hmm. that's part of it. And yeah, I've been super depressed before because I was in a relationship that was not serving me, but somehow I thought I was in love and maybe I was, but it was like wrong, bad, ill, you know? Mm. Yeah. And there was one you know, whenever something like I was controlled by these relationships. So when they were not right, like my heart, I would feel my heart like sink or, Mm -hmm. um, I couldn't get out of them because I didn't want to feel bad. I didn't want to feel that depression. And then they would like, eventually we'd break up for like a couple of weeks and I couldn't get out of bed. And my friends would be like, Oh, you look really skinny. And I'd be like, Oh, thanks. But really it was because (laughs) I was like super depressed. And then, um, but yeah, I've gotten, a, I mean, I'm not in anything like that anymore and I haven't been for years. So that's great. But that really, like, after I finally broke up with this person, um, there was this period of time where I was just like learning so much so suddenly about the outside world. I realized that I hadn't like immersed myself in culture at all. It was just like a one-on-one culture that I had with whoever I was in a relationship with. Uh-huh. And then I met this, my best friend now, who was a couple of years younger than me and introduced me to like everything Gen Z was about. And I was like, Whoa, like, Holy shit, you're blowing my mind. And that's still happening. I had a friend from Atlanta come visit this last weekend and they are probably like 21, 22. So yeah, something like that. And I was just like, how the fuck are you so smart? And like, know all this stuff about fashion and music and like, insane like showing me all this music and it was just like whoa you know i mean i think that definitely has something to do with the internet obviously we we know this but it's hard to find sorry go ahead oh no just no it's just hard sorry (laughs) (laughs) you go ahead your question like yeah i have had like periods of down and then you know when tragedies happen and stuff like that but 
I take a lot of inspiration from my family who like continues Mm. to go on and, and just like the overall possibilities of life. It is pretty exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I unfortunately have not had the uh, chemical makeup to live like that way until like (laughs) maybe 2012. Mm -hmm. Uh, I really appreciate that though. That's like, my mom is a lot like that where it's like, it seems like you're a genuine, generally not, and also genuinely happy person, Mm -hmm. which uh, Mm -hmm. I can appreciate. I mean, people like us need people like you to be around, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, but, but, but it's, it's, that's an interesting thing just about like sort of uh, temperament makeups, right? Because I feel like, and and also just sort of getting to an age where you where you start to notice your patterns and whatnot, and start start to realize like it's it sounds like you had a realization that uh, your relationships weren't serving you, and mm-hmm. that you <clears throat> you wanted to take a break and maybe try something a little bit different, which is amazing, um, which is you know like I at a certain point I also had to be like. I need to take medicine because <laughs> unfortunately uh-huh. I'm wasting like years and years of my life. But the other thing that I was thinking about in terms of, uh, of the suicide thing is that so one of the things that I realized is that despite spending years and years and years and years and years being depressed, like I, there was a point where I realized uh-huh. that I had been through six di- different depressions. Like I was definitely a candidate for suicide prevention and watch where like my you know where I was at the place where I was talking about it a lot or Mm. I was talking about it as a matter of fact thing and I sort of figured everybody was in the same place and they just weren't saying it like you know it's a really weird uh thing to even look back on because it's hard to uh, inhabit that space but um you know, the, the, I was able to sort of get out of that space without medicine or I actually I did. I took medicine first and then I took got off medicine and then I got back on because it took so much effort just to lift my baseline to like a regular level. But uh-huh. when when I, when my friend passed away, I realized like. Despite all of that shit, like I've never hit that level of despair, you uh-huh. know, like like. To th- like to just sort of consider and think about how desperate, you know, like, like that, that's a fucking serious thing. Cause we're not talking about people doing cry for helps. We're talking about people who completed suicide. Right. Yeah. And, and that, that is like, that's a little level of sadness that breaks my heart to know that people can experience, mm-hmm. uh, despite the fact that I, you know, was in in like in danger of that. I don't think I was ever so like like that's the moment where all hope dies. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and and the only solution is 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 uh to harm yourself. It's fucking crazy. It really is. Mm-hmm. Uh and then you think about just like how like I I'm I'm really interested or I really appreciate your perspective on sort of how uh, how how you process sort of the idea of because I think I sort of have a similar concept of like whatever uh, when I die it's what's it's at least it's natural right uh-huh. <laughs> you know uh, so it, I find maybe a little comfort in talking to you about that and 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 hearing how you approach it because. <sighs> At that point, like, how do you resolve that suffering? You know, like, what what would anybody alive have done to tackle that shit, right? Like, yeah, yeah, that's, you know, you go through, like, as family or friends of someone who has been victims of suicide, you're like, what could I have done? How did I not know? And all of that. And I think that my sister's, um, she's a social worker. And she's like, this is her like specialty. But basically her, what she was saying is that like suicide is preventable. Like it is, you know, it's a victim. You're, you're, you don't, she said the terminology is like, you don't commit suicide, like you're victim to suicide. Mm -hmm. So basically it's just so taboo. It's at this place where it's so, so taboo where like people who 
are thinking of suicide or suicide ideation or whatever point it is at, like they're, I mean, I guess they feel trapped and like, there's no one to talk to. You don't want to be a burden or it's like, what the fuck is wrong with you or something like that. And it's like, you just got to say something, you know, like, Mm-hmm. Yeah, or like mean, have, oh, like as a society, like I wish as a family we would have like, you know, there's so many times we're all sitting around at dinner together and like no one's talking about mental health, or or just checking in or whatever, you know, and because yeah. it's like that's not something you bring up in our society like at dinner table, like so, you know, but but if we did, like, it'd be totally different. Things would be different. What What's your cultural background? Um, my family is Mexican. We we do you speak mm-hmm. Spanish at home? I do not. No, you do not? okay. I never learned. Um, does anyone speak Spanish? Uh, uh, at yeah, home? everyone. Okay. Everyone does. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No yeah. judgment. Uh, I I only speak Spanish because I lived with my grandmother for a while. So oh yeah. <laughs> I, otherwise, I would have completely lost it. I spoke it. It was my first language when I was a kid. But um, mm. I uh, anyway the uh, yeah it, I. I definitely agree. I think also sometimes there's people not to get too dark, but there's people that really do enjoy trolling fucking people with mental health issues, right? Like mm-hmm. uh they know they're going to get a reaction. Sometimes it's going to be a big reaction, you know, especially when you're dealing with people that have uh bipolar disorder and whatnot like I've seen people just troll fuckers, right? You know, we, uh-huh. like we're artists. We know a lot of people <laughs> uh-huh. that have these kinds of issues, right? And uh, now you know one more. Mm. But uh, um, but I've definitely like, uh, you know, the term gaslighting has come to prominence for a reason, which I think is like when I was a kid, that word didn't exist. It, it, wasn't, right. a th- it wasn't a thing that like you could call or out or name. And, um, and I think that like there's... There's a lot of fucked up shit that uh, that people that are struggling with this stuff have to deal with. I think another thing that happens to you is that you you like, unfortunately, when you're depressed, you become a bit of a pain in the ass, right? Because there's almost like like that's that was my experience with uh, with my friend. Um, she mm. like like whenever someone is depressed, they're not easy to be around. <laughs> It becomes uh-huh. a bit of a task. And I think that that's sort of part of what the disease does to you, right? Like the, it's a perception issue or whatever, but it's a, it's a really, it is, like you said, it's a really tragic thing. And it, uh, I think, unfortunately, the only, like my experience is the only way that I've been able to resolve my problems is medicine. And uh-huh. I think that a lot of people are resistant, which goes to what you're talking about in terms of, uh, the um the stigma but i had uh you know like i definitely remember going to my uh, professor at uh fiu bill mcguire and like just asking him like how do you deal with i and i was talking to him just like about how the world was dark and how do you deal with how oppressive you know like this was during the bush years which mm-hmm. everybody seems to think bush is a great guy now um but but yeah like i and he was like dude i i think medicine and and i was like because i wasn't even talking about depression i was just talking about how like and he was just like dude like it's fucking obvious everybody could tell and like all of my peers knew i was like fucking depressed right Mm -hmm. it was Mm -hmm. like i was just radiating that shit but then how do you intervene but yeah, that's that's basically. Then I went uh, and I got on medicine after that. Uh, that was the first time. Then I got off of it because I was taking something that was pretty bu- hard on your body, mm-hmm. and I tried to do it without it for a while. And like I said, it was just too much work. Every morning I had to wake up and fight the sadness and the mm-hmm. the, the melancholy and medicine. Mm-hmm. Like so, I guess what the only thing that I can advocate is like. If you want to help somebody, sometimes it's just like the only thing you can do is it sucks you in too, right? Like it can harm you to try to get in and help somebody 
that's depressed, mm-hmm. like it can make you sad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you're always hanging around with somebody that's a bummer, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, they, they uh, you know, depression can be persuasive, but yeah. So like, um, so I, I don't know, man, I, I really, really appreciate this conversation. I appreciate you, uh, feeling comfortable enough talking about it. Cause yeah, I obviously that's- still have my hangups. <laughs> well, you got. I mean, you got to talk about it. I mean, because otherwise, nothing is going to change. And I think, like in the case of my cousin, like he didn't make it known to anybody. Nobody yeah. knew. He would just like be on his in his room on his computer or something, and it was like, oh, that's just like teenager stuff or whatever. But we had no idea. Um, and yeah, I think medicine therapy talking to people like whatever helps it can you know no yeah i i definitely think therapy can help uh a lot of people what i realized is and i've taken a lot of i've done a lot of talk therapy what i realized was uh that i had been i had had six major depressions and i was fucking done (laughs) i was like i'm over this you know and it's amazing how much like a medicine can help you feel better. And huh. I know it's not always that simple because I know with bipolarity, people feel like they lose something uh-huh. of, their, of themselves, which can be intense. And I know that it can be a difficult process because you'll get on a medicine and it'll kill your libido. And then you have to get off of that medicine if you want to fuck it, you know, but now you're feeling not depressed, but you don't uh-huh. want to fuck. <laughs> ever sorry <laughs> i just remembered that you were like it was pg there was a they were hooking up i'm like oh my god i'm so crass <laughs> i don't know no no it's not crass. i just um, dropped the first f-bomb <laughs> it but, was so but yeah good <laughs> oh just like just you know i have, have friends who take different medications and stuff and just hearing their experiences like trying to find the right dosages or the right mixture of whatever and then I have friends too who you know are on medication but like completely dependent on it and aren't so happy about it like I think they're relying on the medication without doing like internal work as well and then like drinking on the medication is like a whole different conversation but you yeah it's just like finding what works for you, I guess, and, and being really attentive to what you need and like aware of, of what works for you. Yeah. Like, I don't think any one thing is going to like fix whatever. Right. Like it's, it's probably like a combination of things. And it's a change. It's, it's almost like how people say about diet, right? Like you are Mm going to have to like change some friendships and some relationships you're probably engaged if you're depressed there's a chance that you're engaged in some relationships that are not serving you mhm right? mhm like for sure uh, and 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 that was part of the process for me too just like sort of learning how to be okay with myself and not cutting like not ending not severing ties with people and burning bridges but just sort of just being like this crew is not helping me you know yeah. i'm not going to go hang out with them anymore no, no, like, hey, fuck you, bye, bye. And more, more of like, uh, this is weird. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like the way they talk to me. <laughs> yeah, and then it's amazing because then it's like, okay, what what fills in that space is usually better. <laughs> yeah, because you're like, well, I can recognize this as something that doesn't serve me. Elevating as, yourself as you have a healthier relationship with yourself, you attract attract more people, right? Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. Um. I remember when I was still in the worst of it, I was dating this woman and I I, uh, was hanging out with her and I was just shocked at how everybody was like so warm to her. And it was because she was in a good place and I like we broke up, she dumped me and she had every right to because I like this was like a long term back and forth thing and I was in a bad place. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that was the last time that we broke up. But like, you know, it was a long distance thing. But yeah, I I still think about that because I was like, because it's like now I have, I'm on the receiving end of that sometimes, right? Where I'm walking around and people are like, oh, you seem like a ple- pleasant person. I was like, it's a lot of work. 
<laughs> I used to disgust people. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're super pleasant and friendly. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you for, so much. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate your time. Uh, I, it, we're, I guess we're around, wrapping up around uh, 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 an hour. Uh, do you have anything that we can promote for you? I know that you're, you're very active. Uh, I definitely uh, uh, want to invite you to come out to the um, – there's going to be – and everybody that's listening, there's going to be – High Beams is doing a Halloween party at the Ooh. top of the Bendix building. So if you guys are in town, oh. you should check that out. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. Uh, and there's a lot of people out there that, um, just from that, that are, that are part of Monta Vista project and all of those, like there's everybody from the Ben Dicks tends to attend those things. So it's a fun, like little, little spot to hang out. Uh, and since it's all artists, everybody gets in costume and they're all weirdos. That's so fun. <laughs> I live like I'm, I live right next to the Bendix building actually. Oh, perfect. Like, a couple, yeah. like a street away or so. But, um, when is that like on Halloween? I think, yeah, I think I under, my understanding is it's the 30th and the 31st, but, uh, oh. but yeah, man, uh, anyway, uh, w what can we promote for you? Um, let's see. Okay. Well, my, ins I, whenever I'm doing stuff, I usually put it on my Instagram, which is mm -hmm. vomit child. So. Which <laughs> God damn, you got some balls on you. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I don't even remember making that name. <laughs> I just like. Yeah, it just that's like why I, I thought tried you were a Zoomer. Up. I was like, <laughs> that's why you thought I was a Zoomer. Yeah, that's I was like cynical Gen Zer. Like, <laughs> I think no. there's some. I think <laughs> you when you're when you're a kid, you're you're more like I used to be a lot more fuck you, uh, uh -huh. and and more like into that kind of vibe. <laughs> and uh -huh. I'm like, I'm not. As I'm getting older, I'm like, let's not put out anything that's gonna attract. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Any, I mean. I think I did make that when I was like, what, like 17 or something, but it's I did great. Yeah. I mean, I was 17 in like 2000 and uh, like 10 or something. And uh -huh. I didn't want any social media. I was like, no, 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 no. I hate this. Like, this is all bad. And then eventually I was just like, well, what am I, I'm like, uh, rejecting some part of something. Yeah. And like, I want to know what it, what's happening. And you know, I've met it's a, a lot great of name. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's a great name and it's very memorable. Vomit child. It's uh -huh. just very visceral. <laughs> <laughs> my, I think it, it came from like in fifth grade. I remember my mom being mad at me and she's like, you're a problem child. And I was like, that is such a hilarious term. Like, there was why a movie would named that too. Oh, that's probably where she got it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then how did you turn it into vomit child? Well, I think that I, yeah, I was just feeling like, really irreverent i was like all right that's the <laughs> grossest thing i can think of like vomit <laughs> and it's that, stuck that's amazing uh and then uh so and then you do you have a website or anything else like that yes that was the other thing i was gonna say uh my website is just my name nikki ochoa.com and you can email me from there and i have like some examples of my work and my poetry which is needs to be updated but you know you can get like, a little bit of a sense i think the uh the artist website unless they're huge and they can pay someone to keep it updated it's assumed that it's old work okay yeah 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 <laughs> so so uh yeah the format i think that people that i go by is like uh instagram is the new stuff and uh mm. you know if you want a full retrospective and see how the artist has evolved you go to their website <laughs> go to my website <laughs> yeah my dot com okay and then i am at what's my thesis and uh at uh and we are also on tiktok same thing at what's my thesis and i'm at javier proenza on instagram and yeah we'll check you guys out next week uh, we'll have another fun episode uh uh of talking i'm amazed based on our interactions that we didn't talk about politics once by the way i know <laughs> <laughs> well i'm kind of like you know i don't know i don't know how much i want to say of that because I, I have some, we can, we can, we can meet again if you'd like. But, yeah. yeah. No, well, well, that's the other thing is like the Abby Martin, like made me feel very comfortable saying things to you on Instagram that uh -huh. I wouldn't, I would feel like might trigger somebody else where I'm like, oh, okay. She's, she's at least down. She's at least down with Abby or at least Abby doesn't find her objectionable, you know, uh -huh. in terms of your <laughs> politics. <laughs> uh -huh. 
Yeah, we can definitely let's let's continue that. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm always down to talk politics, but I'm really making an effort to be a better podcaster, and I always bring it up on people that I disagree with, you know, <laughs> which is like a little aggressive of me. But anyway, uh, thank you guys for listening, and I will see you next week. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to rate us five stars, shop at our merch store, and subscribe to us on YouTube. Special thanks to our patrons, M. Trichkovsky and Tony Irons. To become a patron, go to patreon.com slash whatsmythesis. 